Hello again, Bat fans. We have returned for another episode of I Am The Night, the weekly show where we look back at every episode of Batman, the animated series. And uh, welcome break. This is one I have never seen before, and neither has Adam, so it was a pleasant surprise to catch up with another classic Batman villain. Hello, son. Hello. With me is Adam Ray, as always. Always good to be here. Always good to take a somewhat nice, brief relax. We get some... Excellent pulp crime thrillers and real brain teasers of mysteries from this show. So it's nice to try and relax in the spa, even though the spa is definitely not a relaxing place to be now, is it? It really is. Well, it's very relaxing. Far too relaxing. It did brings the term veg out to a whole new level, really, doesn't it? This is the episode Eternal Youth. And if you haven't guessed already by our awful uh, plant-based puns, it features the return of... Dr. Lillian Eiley, a.k.a. Poison Ivy. But in this case, she calls herself Demeter. I'm sorry, who? Lillian Eiley? Who? That's That's her actual real name. Okay, sorry. I do need to read more comics. (laughs) I'm failing on mantra. I don't know these DC Comics news. No. It's It's good to be taught a thing or two, especially by a great showing from this character in this episode. We see her on a very determined mission. We see mad science going very, very wrong indeed. But it's also nice to get a nice, sombre, character-driven episode in a side of a familiar face we haven't really expected to see. So all in all, this was a very nice little palate cleanser among some of the previous episodes, but still a real experience, as they all have been. Totally out of left field, this one, because it's almost like the unexpected adventures of Alfred. Yeah, the, sort of the, <laughs> the familiar face I was talking about, because we get to see him sort of take the spotlight, which just makes total sense. Because the whole premise of a sinister spa taking the witch and powerful that would otherwise mishandle and abuse and destroy nature so that they can become nature themselves. Bruce Wayne wouldn't really do that. He's too busy as a billionaire and as Batman to take a weekend off to go to a spa. So him letting Alfred have this time makes total logical sense. And then we were able to see all of the wrongdoings that was going on there. So there's good little logic gaps that meant that we could spend some time focused on Alfred, which was really nice. It was it was lovely. And as I said, completely unexpected when here they are in the cave, actually no, in the, in the living room probably with that giant TV and he receives a videotape. Ah, videotape mm. of this spa that Poison Ivy is running. And like you said, she's taking the Richard and to do who don't care for the environment. But the the ironic thing is that she wants Wayne for his crimes. But if she'd only been in the room seconds before the video arrives and heard his conversation telling people, no, I will not be part of any project that levels a rainforest, she might have thought differently. What do you think about that aspect of it? I've always sort of prized the, this interpretation of Bruce Wayne they've been able to put into the series. He's very morally driven. He runs Wayne Enterprises very ethically, very above board, his something that sort of carried over into <clears throat> George Clooney, excuse me. <laughs> but George Clooney's Bruce Wayne, there are moments where he's just um, nodding along to, po- to that Poison Ivy's intentions and agreeing that their intentions are good, but if a little far-fetched. But that sort of righteousness and logical and forthright way of doing things is definitely something that's been very strong with this Bruce Wayne, which is a good sort of sign that he's a hero during the day and the night yes his company does things the right way which is something that as a fan of of the character in the show 
um, reinforces your belief in the character and the show as well. But um, did you spot that he's on the phone having a right argument with the high up at Wayne Enterprises who wants to level rainforest for whatever nefarious project? But the second that phone gets hung up, the Bruce Wayne voice is gone. And even though he's in his gym where he's obviously been working out, he's it's instantly the Batman, the Batman voice. voice. The Batman voice is obviously the default. That's just his way of being, just that stern, low, m- melodic almost, mm. just very driven to the point voice. And the way he switches between them is just a, such a great way that Kevin Conroy does this performance. So it's us bringing us back to the fact that he was always this one dark but very driven figure of justice and peace. And even when he's trying to put on that persona, he's always going to be that version of himself. Do you not find as well that that's probably a much more realistic approach than putting on the Batman voice when he's Batman? Because let's be honest here, in the comics, in the TV shows, in every appearance, he's Batman a lot more of the time than he is Bruce Wayne. So putting on the Bruce Wayne voice for lesser periods is a lot more realistic than having him be out fighting crime or whatever, or being Batman or speaking to Jim Gordon or Bullock or whoever, and suddenly slipping into the Bruce Wayne voice. If this natural voice is the Batman voice, do you agree that that actually makes more sense? I would say so. I think the Batman voice is just his natural way of speaking because it's his natural way to be. And the pretense of being the cocky billionaire that still has a very good moral compass. Mm -hmm. That's something he still needs to practice, which is something that he would need to put like a whole persona around. Whereas the actual figure of the bat is something that he's sort of cultivated, but that's a natural thing that he chose to do. So it's much more natural to me that he would have to practice the plucky up and coming Bruce Wayne voice. Mm -hmm. And do you not think it's quite telling? I mean, obviously I didn't realize that this little, as you quite cleverly called it palette cleansing episode would lead to so much in depth psychology because now it's only seeing that that's made me think well is that why he always puts up this barrier for appearing as Bruce Wayne at whatever event that Alfred wants him to go to because he finds it an effort he thinks that putting on that voice and that mask is too much he'd rather be doing what he wants to do and that's being out as Batman fighting crime I would say so I would say so. I think that the crusade that he has dedicated his life to has to encapsulate all his life and his thinking. So if he's going to be spending any time out of that mask, away from that back computer, at whatever appearance, he's got to do it for a very good reason. Even if it's just maintaining the upkeep of the company. But even then, he has to be able to take that seriously because the main the upkeep of the company pays for Batman. Yeah. So he has to put a lot of conscious effort into it, whereas those de- that near decade of training that he put into becoming Batman around the world, that's his natural state, and that's what comes to him naturally. So anything other than that, he has to try and work with. It's a lovely thing to see. And I don't know how much of it is written and directed that way or how much of it is Kevin Conroy. And obviously, this is 30 years in the past now, so you may never know, but... I would love to find out how that worked and whether that was something that just grew organically because we have seen that a couple of times but never as quickly or as pronounced in this episode. He literally finishes the conversation and he's Batman. And I actually found that really striking and I thought it was quite an important beat. I think it's 
still pretty clear that he makes the distinction, particularly in some of the early episodes when he picks up the phone in the bat suit, yes. but with the chirpy Bruce Wayne voice. Yeah, and that so was even the, more jarring. <laughs> so the contrast of the voices is very clear, and it's been there since the beginning, but when you see it on that quick of a turn, it just shows mm. how important those two voices and those two ways of thinking are for this one man. Yeah, and even the angry Bruce voice, which I think this is probably the first time we've heard Bruce Wayne angry is still a far cry yeah. from his Batman voice and that's brilliant on Kevin's part isn't it really yeah. a versatile and seasoned voice actor like him I'm sure he'd be able to have the sort of range in his temper to be able to have the uh, distinction between like a chirpy Bruce Wayne and angry Bruce Wayne yet still be very distinct as Batman and from hearing him in interviews and stuff his natural talking voice is closer to Batman's than it is to the Bruce Wayne's. So it's more natural to him to be in the Batman voice. But making the distinction between the two really adds to the quality of the disguise because Bruce Wayne is the disguise in in all of this. Absolutely. Obviously, this is um, the second appearance of Ivy now? Yes. Yeah. And again, one of my favourite and most underrated Batman villains, for definite, I adore her. And seeing her, I mean, we should have guessed really just by again those beautiful opening title cards. It was the simplest ever. It was just a tree, and I still didn't quite twig. Oh, I can't believe! Oh I went wow! There. You didn't even mean oh, to do that one. I didn't even mean to do that one. Oh, <laughs> oh dear! I didn't quite twig. It was her until literally she catches up to the woman who's running away from the spa at the beginning of the yeah. episode. I sort of suspected it was a Poison Ivy one, but I also suspected it was something very, very sinister because I don't know if you really noticed the shape of that tree branch on the title card looked like a hand. It did, yes. Yeah, so I figured that there was some sort of petrification slash woodification. <laughs> it had to be her. Lignification? There is a there is a fancy word for some, when someone's turning to wood. Okay. I think it's lignification. Very good. I'm impressed. Right, so obviously, yeah, Poison Ivy's back. She's at her green-thumbed best. But you said beautifully, Kevin uh, Conroy's brilliant voice actor. And again, we have to tip our hats to Andrea Romano um, and her casting and her voice direction because we get uh, the first appearance, I don't know if we see her again, actually, of, of Alfred's... Um, in air quotes, girlfriend Maggie, played by <laughs> British American actress Paddy Edwards, and again, doing research on this actress just blew my mind. Again, I don't know how they managed to pull these talents. She was a shapeshifter and starter of the Next Generation. She's been in Murder She Wrote, Night Court, Married with Children, and this is now where you'll go, "Oh my God, yeah, of course." She's got a very distinctive voice, and I heard her in this. I said, "I know that voice." But I couldn't place it. And obviously when I checked out who she was... Do you remember The Little Mermaid, the Disney movie? Classic. She's Flotsam and Jetsam. The two eel-type characters you can see. Wow. And... But this is the clincher. This is where you're going to go, oh, but of course, she's Goza the Gozerian in Ghostbusters. The voice that comes... Classic. (laughs) Yes, Patty, Patty Edwards. Who knew? Amazing such vocal range again for what was unfortunately just a bit part because the, this show has I've said it before and I'll say it again amazing quality in their guest stars yes they've been able to pull out some real treasures mm-hmm. of stage screen and voice work 
I'm very happy with this casting. And it's not the sort of role you'd expect from the characters I would know her for. No. Which is, again, surprising. And it must have been a very nice departure for her. Oh, absolutely. God, yes, very good. Um, But it's like you say, but do you not think as well, her performance, and again, how brilliantly written this episode was by Beth Bornstein and beautifully directed by Kevin Altieri, one of the mainstays of the show, that even though she's appeared only once... I fell in love with her. Her relationship with Alfred and the way at first he's like, oh, God, get this woman away from me. I do not want to spend any time with her. No, I can't possibly do this. I can't possibly go to a spa. And by the end, there's almost a feeling of, of romance there. And it, it, it's so well done. They got all that in 20 minutes. I loved it. It's just a wonderfully well-realised and well-handled character in... deeply fast screen time. Yeah that was very lovely and rewarding to see. And, yeah, it was just very well, nicely and sincerely handled. And was, I'm very happy to have seen this character because we don't really expect Alfred to have this sort of, like, sort of life outside of dusting Wayne Manor. No. And it's something I think we need to see more of. Absolutely. In general. More episodes like this uh, would not be unwelcome. I, I loved it. I thought seeing that side of Alfred was just precious. And um, I'm sorry, but I'm going to ruin it again with another god-awful pun and of, of Maggie and Alfred turning into a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Uh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, we mostly forgive you. <laughs> mostly. I like that as well. Yeah. Now, what do you think again? I mean, this is, this is the writers being funny here. Obviously, uh, Poison Ivy calling herself Demeter. Clever. Yes, uh, similar names to the flowery names of her two assistants yes. with the big spray guns. Yep, we've got a classic Greek goddess of nature, and of course, the ancient Greeks themselves were the people who invented the first spas and gyms. Indeed. So, definitely the right aesthetic that she would want to sort of appeal to. And she needed some other way to be less noticeable because presumably she's bust out of Arkham yep. and she would need to set up this rich person into tree business as legitimately as she can without getting caught by Batman or the police. So this is a very nice alias she's been able to put herself in and a little alias she was able to apply to the miracle science stuff she was able to use to transform the people. And I thought it was clever because if she'd gone by her name of Dr. Pamela Lillian Idley, I'm sure Alfred would have recognised it from the back computer as well. So that was actually necessary because yeah. people say, well, hang on, why is she bringing up yet another name? Because Alfred was at the spa and some other shows probably wouldn't have been that smart with the writing. They would have yeah. just called herself Dr. Idley. And I think that Alfred was smarter than that. Yeah. So that was clever. Well, Alfred was most assuredly smarter than that. But um, it would have been interesting to see just in case if, Alfred had been like so inured by the magic of the spa that he would have just sort of recognised, but sort of let it go. So there would be another beat that he would, Batman would have to sort of jump through to find it. But I can totally see it valid as not clearing that name out nice and clearly. So it works out nicely, I'd say. And like you said as well, so clever the the names of. Uh, Poison Ivy's henchwomen are also flowers, violets, and lily. Really, really nice touch. Loved it. So, um, obviously, the plant jokes and puns are 
endless in this show and we'll save a couple of the best ones which we don't even uh, say ourselves as they come out of the mouths of the characters but as always I need to ask you what stood out for you with this episode what was a favourite moment or thing that really stuck out in your head I love the consistent and familial nature that we get between Bruce Wayne and Alfred like from the very onset of the episode we get the calm familiarity of Alfred going through the post and making sure, oh, don't worry, Master Bruce, you wouldn't miss a thing simply because I'm here reading your correspondence. Ooh, what's this videotape? <laughs> and then you get the exact opposite, just the scene before. The episode opens with a excellent bit of pulp horror. We see this woman in a yeah, dressing gown, totally. barefoot, running through the woods. So we immediately feel for her. We feel that there's some intense peril that she has to run from, from this ostentatious, enormous, beautiful mansion. So something horrible must be going on for her to want to run. So we start to root for her and we follow along with her until eventually she's inevitably caught. And we're un- we suspect, but we're never confirmed who she's running from and what her fate is. So going from that intense opening to light, lilting, calm, family attitude of Bruce Wayne and Alfred, we get all sorts of tone that you'd get out of a great bit of pulp that ended up being a really charming episode yeah brilliantly put it's one of those things that we keep coming back to with this series where it's not written or paced or directed like an animated series at all it literally does that amazing thing of getting that horror you're quite right that first scene is is almost straight out of a 70s hammer horror movie Mm. to go to that brilliant family atmosphere of Bruce and Alfred and that's another thing I love about this show is that Bruce and Alfred are family yeah he is the butler but you do get a sense that he's just much more than that he's not hired help he's not there just to cook Bruce's meals or make his bed he is family and the fact that he (laughs) just like Alfred does to him Bruce you need you need to attend this gala Bruce, you need to need to go to this charity function. Bruce says, oh, I can't possibly go to this spot. Why don't you go with Maggie? I just thought, yes, turnabout is fair play. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, as I said, it would it would make no sense for Bruce's motivations for him to ever go to a place mm-hmm. like that. He can't mm-hmm. afford to take the time off from being Batman. He can't afford the time off from running away in Enterprises. But Alfred, a very hard-working, yeah. diligent man, and his very, very very enthusiastic young lady she's fantastic I love her so I think the time together was very welcome and it's uh, nice for him to get a little bit of a one up because we get Alfred being the prank master and the uh, the jib bringer so it's nice to see him get one up do you not think as well and this was something I was thinking once the episode ended that if Bruce Wayne ever went to a spa and I'm talking a totally legit one Mm -hmm. a nice calming place somewhere where he could de-stress he wouldn't he'd end up uncovering some kind of plot <laughs> go through some kind of filing cabinet he'd actually try and actually manufacture uh, uh, not manufacture because he would never do that but uncover a plot that no one even knew existed because he'd get so bored <laughs> I just don't know I feel like he would try to seek one out yeah. and not find one yeah. I feel like he would still be just immensely bored or he would go do some calisthenics, maybe sit in the sauna for precisely five seconds because I don't know if anyone's been in one of those unless you're Scandinavian, those things are awful. (laughs) I can't do them. I honestly can't. But I feel like he would be interested in it for precisely 20 minutes and then leave again because the 
they don't do anything for him. In, incapable of relaxing, like certain people I know who work far too hard. Mm. And I'm actually incredibly good at relaxing. I think I'd probably enjoy a sauna because you know me, as you frequently say, Dad, what are you? Some kind of a lizard. No, you're because the, the hotter you're, I am. You're the person who will <laughs> sit with your hoodie zipped up in the 80 degrees Celsius heat in this British summer. It's crazy. British summer? That's an oxymoron. Well, it's been warm enough here, around here. But yeah. You'd like a sauna. I think you'd like a sauna. I probably would. Mm. Somewhere I could sit and be you, hot. Yeah. You, you'd do it for Bruce Wayne because he really wouldn't. He, I, I, he wouldn't I'd do bother. it for Bruce. I'd take one for the team because Bruce is my boy. Um, so, yeah. Brilliant episode. Again, nothing really stood out for me in a neg- negative context. I thought that was great fun. Um, I think I'm right, but I hope I'm wrong that that was Maggie's only appearance. Um, if not, we need to be writing stories about this character because her relationship with Alfred is pure comedy gold and the way they drew the little blushes Mm. and everything else with him was just absolutely lovely right we have to go down that dark road is that right Alfred and Maggie's puns at the end when they're recovering from their ordeal first of all I thought we were presenting hard-hitting journalism, sir. I didn't think we were presenting... No. I didn't think we were making anything CD here. Oh, very good. Shake your hand. Very nice. Nice. Lovely, yeah. Uh, when Maggie turns to Alfred and said, Oh, um, I thought I'd never get you out of your shell, but now the relationship's branching out in a new direction. And Alfred... Oh, dear, this is, this is worse than my puns. Um, That's exactly what you said when the episode was on. <laughs> It's worse than one of my... Uh, yeah, well, we had to escape from Joan of Bark. I thought, oh, that's just so bad. So, so cringeworthy. I have to steal it. Everyone knows that the that with a pun, the quality of the pun is inversely proportional to the reaction that it gets. So the more someone hates a pun, the, the better, better the pun is. is. For yes. example, it's got to a point now where I can't even remember what I said. It's just the reaction that I remember. I said something back when I was playing um, some tabletop card games with some friends in central London. And I said something before any of the rounds began. And the reaction was silence for around five or six friends were standing in a circle. And one of them turns to me and says, walk into oncoming traffic. (laughs) Wow. So the the fact that you, sir, are saying Joan of Bark is one of the worst puns you've ever heard. Yeah. It must be good. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Uh, we really got to root the root of the problem there, didn't we? Mm. I'd better leaf it out now and um, mm. end this show before I get strangled and get told to walk in the traffic. So, yes, um, loved it. Great fun. Can't wait for the next episode. So, Adam, let's tell our listeners and readers of our work across interwebs where they can find you and chat to you and see what you do. For what I do, you can find me reviewing many titles over the weeks on Dark Knight News and DC Comics News. You can find me on Our Dear Love, uh, FantasticUniverses.com, where I talk about my one true love, Tabletop Gaming. Uh, the latest expansion of my favourite card game is coming out very soon, as of the time of this recording. So you, you got very be- excited looking at your phone before we started recording. They are bringing back some very strange things, some very powerful things. Stranger oh. things. Very, also a great deal indeed. You can talk to me on Twitter at Is It Tinkerer. 
IZZET Tinkerer, and you can look out for some of my gameplay featuring me and some of my dear university friends coming to a YouTube channel near you very soon. And yourself, sir? You can find me uh, again on DC Comics News and Dark Knight News, writing news reviews and interviewing the stars of TV, film, and comics. But the easiest way to catch all of that is just by searching for Steve J. Ray in your search engine of choice. Uh, of course, again, you can find us talking about everything fan-related at Fantastic Universes. And you can chat to me, please do, because I love hearing from everybody out there by catching me on Twitter at lstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. Now, this show and all the other shows on the DC Comics News Network, the original DC Comics News podcast, The Spinner Rack, uh, Harley Quinn, Mad Love, The Harley Quinn cast, and this very show, I Am The Night, can be found on Apple Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And you can catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube. But we wouldn't be here if not for something called a comic book. So what do all our listeners and readers of DC Comics News and Dark Knight News need to do, son? Read more comics. And watch more Batman. Thank you for listening. Bye now.